Thank you. That's why I thought. Let's give a round of applause. Thank you, babe. Thank you to the band, to the volunteers. My name is Scott Sund. I'm the senior pastor of Bethany Community Church, and this is such a historic day. And sometimes you have to get outside to be reminded of what matters most. And this matters. The people of God matter. To being able to worship God in the meadow on a chilly but beautiful day. We are so excited that you're all here to be the church together. And we're here today to declare this incredible truth that God, pardon the pun, but God is wild about you. And I want to say that together. Let's, let's yell that out in unison on the count of three. God is wild about you. On, on the count of three. One, two, three. God is wild about you. It's true. We keep saying it. But that's the truth of the gospel. The story of the Christian faith. This big, wild arc of a story that God sent his son into the world to know that we are so loved. That God is for us. I want you to look at somebody to your left or to the right and look them deep in their eyes and say, God is for you. Do it right now. Look at somebody on your left or the right and say, God is for you. He's for you. That's the truth. And over the last several years, it's been, hey, it's been difficult, right? And for some, it's been this slow process of forgetting about God's love or about the love of the church. And it's been, it's been painful, but we're reminded through the power of Jesus that we never walk alone. And though when we go through seasons of loneliness or discouragement, we're, those are the times that we cling to our faith. God is so for us that he sent his son into the world. And today is a declaration, as David said in Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. So I just want to share with you briefly three invitations today, an invitation to awakening, an invitation to first love, and an invitation to new beginning so that we would discover God's heart for us together. This first thing I want to say, I want to invite you to consider uh, what God is calling you in the season for awakening awakening. If we're honest, it has been a difficult last few years. We're mindful of environmental degradation and racial injustice, war in Europe, and relationships bearing the weight of that pain. And the pain that people experience out there is the very weight that people carry in here. As we know, the rising uh, cost and anxiety and just loneliness, it's been difficult. God wants us to awake into the hope that he's given us through his son, Jesus. In Ephesians, there's this incredible verse. It says, awake, sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Christ will shine. And though many of us, myself at times, we feel lonely or we can feel ho hopeless, God is calling us into awakening into the deeper and truer purpose that in Christ there is hope. There is goodness. There is something to build our lives upon. And when we believe in Jesus and we're filled with his spirit, there is a power source to help us endure every difficulty we face. That that light that shines on us, Christ says, will shine in us and through us. That we become the very light to the world that needs it so much. God's love and goodness and peace, the, the fruits of that spirit at work in us. Romans 5 says that we have peace with God through Jesus who we've gained access by faith in the grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And in kind of a surprising twist, Paul says, we boast in the glory of our sufferings because suffering produces perseverance. 
Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Where is our hope born? It's in Christ. Not in the absence of difficulty, but in the very presence. Which means, as Christians, we're not blind to the pain of the world, but we have a power source bigger than the world. The scripture says, greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. There is something that says, in the midst of all the difficulties we face, we are awakening as God's people into life change, into hope. A couple years ago, our prayer team at Bethany North, we were having prayer, healing prayer for people. We had preached about this awakening into the Father's love. And this woman came forward to prayer and she said, you know, All my life, I've heard about the Father's love, but it's been cut off from me because somebody in my family origin had spoke words of discouragement. Could you pray for me? And as the prayer team members prayed and the Spirit of God kind of fell into them at that moment, she started to weep and she said, I feel changed. I I feel as light as a feather. I am awakening. That's what we're called to, awakening. We're invited to that. And the second thing I want to talk to you about is we're invited into this principle that I'm calling first love. We're invited into first love. In the ministry of Jesus Christ, he was confronted by religious scholars on an idea of religious priority. What's the most important rule? Like, how do I build a life? And Jesus says the most important thing first is loving God and loving others. That's the concept of first love. And God desires for us not only that we would have the mind of God and be transformed in our thinking, but we would have the heart of God and we'd be transformed as people of God set free to worship him with hearts transformed. God in the prophet Ezekiel promises, I will give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you that heart of stone. I will give you a heart of flesh. See, it's all a gift, this first love. But God's like, I want to take that from you, which feels like the old story, the hard-heartedness. I want to replace that. I want to give you a newness of life. That was given in Ezekiel to the people of God. And it was said that the religious people, they, they missed it. The spirit of God in Ezekiel even departed the temple. They didn't see it. That's the old-hearted life, the hearts of stone. The new-hearted life, the first love principles, when we're tapping into the life that's really life, we say, Jesus, bring my heart alive. Help me love you. Help me love others. First John says it like this. We love because first he loved us. And there's a warning in scripture. Like care about all the things of this world, but never depart that first love principle, loving God and loving others. And Christianity at its core is not about labor. It's not about effort. It's about the great relationship. And for some here today, maybe that first love, loving God, maybe God needs to do a new thing in your life, your heart. It's been a while since you experienced the love of the Father, where you just need to feel that your identity is anchored in Him. That's the first love of being set free by the Father. And the the Bible's really clear. If you invite God into your heart and you commit your life to following Him, that first love, you're saved in a moment and you're transformed over a lifetime. So if that's you, we want to see you at a Bethany location next Sunday or this summer. We want to do life with you. We want to see how God is changing you. That's first love of the Father. But for others, this first love reminder is a little bit different. Because remember what Jesus says, love God and love others. They know we are Christians by our, by our, that's it. So what does it mean to be the church? 
It means we have ideas about justice. It means that we, you know, we're calling people to obedience. It, all those things are true. But the marker of our faith, says Jesus, is a heart transformed, loving other people. What does this city need? It needs a move of God. How does it happen when we start to love each other as God loves people? For many, many, many of us, we've been cut off and we've been siloed and and stayed home for a long time. This first love principle of loving others is reminding us that the church matters. Looking around this great big meadow and saying, God, what a beautiful work of art. What a beautiful work you're doing in the people of God. That's first love. And we lose our heart. We lose our life. I want to tell you a story of my grandfather. His name is Joe, Joe Smith, if you believe it. And he was a hero in the Second World War. He was in the 82nd Airborne Division. He was a paratrooper. He flew out of airplanes. He actually landed in Dachau and Auschwitz, liberating Jewish prisoners of war. Incredible guy. He came home. He loved his family. He did woodworking in his shop. He pulled fish out of the Skagit and Snohomish rivers. And then one day, his heart stopped. At my exact age, he had a massive heart attack, and he was gone in a moment. When, when we lose our heart, we lose our life. And Jesus is wooing us back as a church. Be my people, first love, your preeminent priority, loving God and loving God's people. So we're invited to awakening. We're invited to first love. The final thing I want to share with you is this wild invitation into new beginnings. Our intention as church leaders in the season ahead is new beginnings. Does that mean, Scott, like if I've never given my life to Christ, that can mean that too. Does that mean if I've been a Christian for decades, God wants to do something new? Yeah, that too. We want to be a church of new beginnings. And I love new beginning stories because new beginnings are what the gospel is all about, being encouraged to experience transformation by the power of grace. New beginnings are only possible because of the grace of Jesus. And grace is the counterintuitive force of God because we received a love we could never earn. Grace is only needed when it's undeserved. That's the remarkable thing about grace. And so new beginnings are anchored in the grace of God that we have received an adoption into the family of God. John 1 says, to all that received Jesus and believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, I'm a father of four on earth and a fifth in heaven. And I just, I, I, if we could go to coffee, I'd tell you, I love them so much. It's just a fraction of the father's heart for his people. God is so for you. He's so for you. And you've been adopted into the family of God. New beginnings when you put your faith there and your trust there. That was the story of Peter. Peter the apostle who, you know, was a follower of Jesus and, and then turned away back into violence and shame. He turned away from Jesus and he felt especially unlovable because of his brokenness. Jesus went to Peter and said, Peter, I love you. And from those words of grace, he then told Peter, tend my sheep, feed my sheep, go into all the world. See, our missions are motivated by grace. Our missions are motivated by grace. When we've had a taste of the divine, when we've been forgiven, we've been brought into a love story we can never earn, it allows us to give it freely to the city that needs it so. That's what grace is. Peter would go on in 1 Peter 1 to say, Praise be to the Father of God of our Lord Jesus, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth or new beginnings into this living hope. That's the good news of the gospel. You are invited, friends, 
to a new beginning. If you're new to faith or feel new to faith, we would love to do life with you and journey with you over the summer. And if you felt like church has just been weird for a bit, you're right. It got weird for a bit, and it was hard, and we were watching online, and now we're back, and we are just so excited to be the people of God together. We want to grow with you together. You're invited. There was an ancient follower named Brother Lawrence who said this great new beginning invitation I'll share with you now. He said, so begin. Make that resolution now. Be daring. None of us have a long time to live. What years we have, let us live them with God. You're invited, friends, to discover God's great love. I'll tell you this final story here. Remember I said at the top, sometimes you have to go outside to be reminded of what matters most. I learned that in my own life through a season that I needed a new beginning. I needed first love. I needed awakening. I was a college student. I had gone through a rough, rough season, broken relationship. And I signed up for this outdoor class called Christian Spirituality in the Mountains, where we'd spend the morning studying theology and the afternoons out in the majesty of the North Cascades. And I was just seeking for God to do a new work in my life. I felt so broken. And one night I was kind of pouring my heart out to God. And it was a chapel service. And there's this guy named Grant. And he was real quiet. I didn't know him. He was an older classman. He just sat listening to me kind of pour out my heart. And he walked towards me at the end of the service. I'm like, what's he going to say? And I remember he had these kind of big bear-like hands. And he just grabbed me. And he pulled me close. And he told me five words that changed my life. Five words to build a a life upon. Five words that I'm going to close my time with sharing with you now. This big guy, Grant, I never actually saw him after again. He said these five words. He said, God loves you so much. God loves you so much. Those are the five words that give us our identity. Those are the five words that we're invited in. Those are the five words that this city needs to hear. Those are the five words that are our distinctive of God's people. God loves you so much. And before we have a position on this thing or a view on that thing, God's just saying, come back to me. Come back and have an encounter in your heart with me. God loves you so much. That, that's the awakening. That's the first love principle. That's the new beginning as a church we're committed in this season ahead. May you feel the love of the Father. I wish we could just set up a hug station. I want to hug all 2,000 of you and those of you online, and I can't. But your Father in heaven loves you and has a, a beautiful story to be written in your life as you follow him. And may we, and th- as a church, take this journey together, that we would be invited to this wild faith, this invitation growing in our faith, loving God, loving others together. Let's pray now. Jesus, thank you so much for this time and this meadow. We declare this as holy ground where heaven meets earth. God, as you're in the breeze and in the morning mist and now these sun breaks, as you're in the animals that we'll go and see around this place, God, as you're up and down this corridor from the people experiencing homelessness to the wealthy with water views, God, you're in it all. And we love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you. Thank you, God, for us as your people. Thank you for the five words to build our love upon and our life upon that you love us so much. God, remind us, awaken us into your purpose and your love and your meaning. And may we live this first love principle. And God, may we as a church be faithful to loving others well in this season ahead. And all God's people said, 
Amen. Will you stand with us as we worship God together? We're so excited to be together. Let's worship.